0: Thank you Thank you Kelly for uh, just being vulnerable and sharing your story uh, and telling us how God can change someone's life. it's, it's just um, it's humbling to, to 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 listen to that and I'm sure many of us see pieces of ourselves or our story uh, in that story. Uh, Kelly mentioned one main thing that uh, kind of changed her life in the beginning and, and she said that uh, at the center of her struggle she was believing, uh, some lies, and one of those lies she mentioned was that she uh, was was unlovable and uh, it's it 's tough to to not believe lies as as followers of jesus we 're supposed to be people of truth, and yet we all believe lies uh, in some way because lies are all around us we 're surrounded by lies, whether we know it or not, whether we're aware of the times we 're hearing lies. We, we, are, we are hearing and, and believing lies. Some of us uh, last night might have believed the lie that we could stay up one more hour and watch one more football game. Uh, maybe you told yourself that you could sleep in one more snooze of the alarm this morning and now you're here without brushing your teeth. I promise no one's judging you, all right? But we, we believe lies all the time. Some of us uh, believe lies that the world tells us. Some of us believe lies that Satan tells us. Some of us lie to ourselves And uh, when we're we're listening to lies, when we're listening to Satan's lies, we're we're listening to bad advice. We're accepting bad advice into our lives, and we're not living the life that God has for us. When we believe lies, we're letting Satan, we're letting the world take us off God's course for our life. And some of these lies are obvious. Some of them are things that we're like, oh, I would never believe that. Some of them are a little more subtle, a little more believable. Uh, They're things like this. Uh, God just wants me to be happy. Or maybe this one, my feelings are reality. Maybe you've heard someone say, well, live your truth. Maybe someone has told you a version of you only live once, or life is what you make it. Bad advice is all around us. Lies are all around us, and so we're going to begin a conversation, and over these next couple weeks, continue this conversation of the bad advice and lies uh, that often are are spoken into our ears and and into our life. And so today, we want to begin with some of the first lies that were ever told, the first lie that ever took place, and certainly in Scripture, uh, it's in the book of Genesis in the creation story. And so if you've got a a Bible there, maybe under your chair, maybe you didn't even know there was one there, but there's, there's there's a Bible around you. We'd love for you to open up to Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. It's actually on page four, it's in the beginning there, first chapters, first book of the Bible. And if you don't have a copy of the Bible, if you don't have a copy of God's Word, we'd love for you to take that Bible home with you today, uh, just so you can have that to read and to study and to grow and learn uh, how much God loves you. So we're going to be in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. As I mentioned, the book of Genesis at the beginning tells the story of creation. It talks about God creating land and water and plants and animals and man and woman, Adam and Eve, and, and God placed Adam and Eve in the garden, and they were in relationship with him, they were enjoying life with him, they were caring for that creation, and God gave them one rule. He said, listen, whatever you do, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that is kind of the, the setup, the context for these verses here on page 4, Genesis chapter 3, 1 to 6. You can read along, it says this. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, You must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. These verses pretty quickly illustrate that from the very beginning, our enemy, Satan, is a liar. And he's a person, he's a, he's someone that gives bad advice. And so he appears as a snake to Eve in the garden and offers up this question where he says, Did God really say... That's not quite a lie yet. It's kind of on its way to being a lie, right? But it plants these seeds of doubt, and this is usually how Satan works to debase the truth and suggest lies to us. In fact, here's some seeds of bad advice or lies that are always going to hurt you if you're asking things like, can God really be trusted? Does God really know what's best for me? Am I sure God isn't holding out on me? What if God is actually wrong? Satan plants the seeds of those lies. He's giving this bad advice and he gets Eve and ultimately Adam to believe this and take that advice and think about that. And no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what your life looks like, no matter what you're going through, these questions are the foundation of lies and bad advice because the truth is that God can be trusted and God knows what's best. And God isn't holding out on you, and God is never wrong. And so anything that suggests the opposite of that is a lie from Satan. Let's go to verse 4 here. In verse 4, the the lie actually comes and and happens here. Verse 4 says, You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. See, God had given Adam and Eve all the food that they could ever want or eat in the Garden of Eden in his creation. But the way the enemy described this food specifically, it promised to fulfill them in a way that they didn't feel like anything else ever could. And lies promised to fulfill us more than God's plan. And God had given Adam and Eve this incredible world to live in and explore. But the way the enemy described what he was offering, it was pleasing to the eye and it promised a beauty that nothing they had encountered had promised. And so lies promised to be more beautiful than God's plan. God had given Adam and Eve brains that had such a capacity to learn and discover, but the way... That Satan described this fruit as desirable and something that would give them wisdom. It promised to unlock the doors of all these mysteries and all the places their minds were going. And they didn't know it, but lies promised to enlighten you more than God's plan. See, that's what a, a lie does. It promises you fulfillment and beauty and enlightenment. And sometimes we look at this story and we think like, yeah, an apple hanging from a tree can't promise anyone that. But our, our lies are not that simple they're not that straightforward the things that we believe the things that we ingest the things that satan tells us lies promise to give you what you need show you what you want to see and teach you what you need to know and i don't know your story today i don't know your struggle but that that's attractive that's something we want here's the problem lies always overpromise and underdeliver lies overpromise and underdeliver They're all hype, they're all fluff, they're all things that aren't attainable, and yet we believe them. And so in the story of Adam and Eve, we can kind of see our big idea for today, and it's this, that Satan wants you to believe lies so that you'll never live the life that God is calling you to. Satan wants you to believe lies so that you'll never live the life that God is calling you to. The truth is, I think Satan tricked Adam and Eve... With one of the most foundational, greatest lies of of all time, and it's one that we still fall for today. You wanna you wanna hear it? It's it's this: God just wants me to be happy. God just wants me to be happy. I mean, it sounds it sounds really good, doesn't it? You've probably heard people say it. You've probably maybe been given that as advice from a friend. It sounds true-ish. It could maybe be in a super spiritual facebook post or something right it sounds it sounds really good it sounds like something that might be in the bible or something but but this is a lie at its core it's actually two lies kind of combined and so i want to unpack them today lie one is that god just wants me to be happy if you're in middle school or high school and you're in the room maybe you've been believing the lie that if you just had a boyfriend or girlfriend then you'd be happy Maybe you're also believing the lie that you just need a Nintendo Switch to be happy. I don't know. There's two kinds of people in middle school and high school, and it gets really tricky really quick, right? But but we believe lies at every stage of life. Maybe it's a boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe you're just thinking, if I can make this team, I'll be happy. When you're in college, you think like, oh, if I could just pay for college, if I could just get into my major, then I would be happy. You graduate college, and you're in your 20s, and you think like, oh, if I just had a little bit more money, I'd be happy. If I could just buy my first house because the prices are going so crazy so fast, that would make me happy. And then when you're middle-aged, you think, oh, if things were just better at home. If they were more stable, I'd be happy. If if I just had someone to love me, then I'd be happy. Or if I could just get that promotion, then I would be happy. And. And then our empty nester friends in the room are thinking, "Oh, if I can just make it to retirement, it's just a few more years. I got the boyfriend, girlfriend, in middle school, and I got the house and the money, and everything's been working out. I just need to make it to retirement, and then life will be perfect. Then I'll be happy." And here's the truth: you're searching for something that will finally fulfill you, and that's not that's not bad. It's it's not evil. That's actually how God made us. God created us with a desire to experience total fulfillment. But our problem is that we're looking too low. We're looking too low. We think something temporary will solve something eternal in our hearts. And we know in our hearts that we need something outside of ourselves to fulfill us, but we're settling for something that doesn't quite do the trick. I'm sorry to say that against the Nintendo Switch, but it's the truth. We look for temporary things to fix an eternal problem. And if God wanted us to be happy, and we know his word tells us that he's the giver of good gifts, why doesn't he just give us all of the things that we want? Because God doesn't just want you to be happy. God wants you more than anything to be holy. From cover to cover in the Bible, in his word, God tells us that his priority is for us to be holy. Holy means set apart. Set apart. It means unlike the world around you. It means righteous. It's a word used to describe God, and it's the standard that he's calling us to live up to. Here's a, a taste of some passages in the New Testament and what they say about holiness. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. First Peter 1, 15, it says, But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, You must be holy because I am holy. And so God just wants you to be happy. God just wants me to be happy is kind of like a half-truth with a little bit of lie sprinkled in there. Yes, God just wants you to be happy. God wants you to be happy, but he doesn't just want that. That's not his number one goal for your life. Do you know where happy people can end up? Far from God. That's not what you thought I was going to say, right? You thought I was going to say something else because pastors always say that thing, right? But happy people can end up far from God. Here's Here's the truth. You can make the team. You can talk the dream girl into dating you. You can get the job, make the money, build the greatest house, and still be far from God. You can be very happy and still be far from God. Satan would be totally fine if you got everything you ever wanted and everything you wished for and you were still far away from God. Satan just wants you to be happy on the surface level. God wants you to be holy. So that's the first part of, of the lie. We believe that God just wants us to be happy. And once we hear that that's a lie, sometimes we begin to process and we go to the second part of this lie. And lie number two is this, that God doesn't care if you're happy. We just said that that's not God's number one goal. So sometimes we think the adverse and we think like, all right, that's not God's number one goal. And he doesn't He doesn't want me to be happy. And that's not the truth either. You see, some people think that, that happiness and, and holiness... Our opposites, that you can't follow God and be holy and happy at the same time. And so if God wants us to be holy, he obviously doesn't care if we're happy. And that is a lie. True happiness, some people call that joy, is found in holiness. True happiness is found in holiness. But we have an enemy Name Satan. He's the, the father of lies. There's a verse in John chapter eight that says this. He was a murderer from the beginning. He was always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's a great one-sentence bio for someone, right? But I think it proves the point that Satan is our enemy. He's attacking us. He's the father of lies. He wants to debase truth in our lives, and he's whispering lies in our ears and into our life and into our actions, and he's changing the way we view ourselves and the way we live our faith. And he's really good at lying, and he's really good at making lies sound kind of believable and almost like they're God's truth. But here is God's truth. This is in John 10.10. Again, talking about Satan, it says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Remember we said Satan wants you to believe lies so that you'll never live the life that God is calling you to. And so God wants you to be happy, but more than that, he wants you to be holy, and he knows that that will lead to your happiness, God knows that when you're in a relationship with him, that's where you find true happiness that we call joy. True happiness is found in holiness and true happiness is found in a rich and satisfying life and relationship shared with Jesus. This uh, this series we're doing, we're, we're calling it Bad Advice, and, and one of the, the taglines we put with that is the gospel according to Satan. And I know that probably sounds a, a little aggressive, and, and yet when we believe lies, we're believing a certain gospel that leads us astray. But the word gospel, as God intended it, means good news. And so if we're going to talk about the lies that Satan is whispering in our ear, we have to also talk about the good news In order to know that Satan's lies are not actually good news, you have to know what the actual good news says. And this is the good news. That like Adam and Eve, who were created and and put in the garden, we were created to know God and be in relationship with him. We were created to be in communion with him, to walk, to talk with him, to rest in him, to depend on him in every way. And like Adam and Eve... In some way, we think we know better. We walk away from God. We turn our back on God. We think we're smarter than God. We think our way is better. And we end up at the end of ourselves, hurt and broken and lost and and walking toward death, separation from God. But this is the the good news, that God didn't want us to remain far from him. God didn't want us to be walking toward death. And so he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to pay the price for our sins and for our bad decisions. Our bad decisions, our sins, separate us from God. And Jesus came and gave his life to build a bridge and And restore our relationship with God. To give us a relationship with God again. So that we can rest in him. So that we can know him. So that we can be made whole. And not because of anything we've done. But because of what Jesus did on the cross. We can be made holy. And we can pursue holiness. And we can know holiness in the person of Jesus Christ. We can't save ourselves. But we can trust in the one who can save us. God's love and greatest Happiness, this joy that he offers us comes when we live our life in partnership and surrender to Jesus. So the question that I'd love for us to be asking today as a church is, what have you been trusting for your happiness? What have you been trusting to complete you or make you feel good Some of us trust family, we trust promotions, we trust money. Some of us even trust good things. I talk to people all the time that'll say things like, yeah, I know I just need to get back to church and get my life together. And I I think I know what they're saying when they say that. Life change can happen in church, but, but church or these seats in this room doesn't change you. A relationship with Jesus changes you, and surrendering your life to Jesus changes you. And so I would ask you, Is your life surrendered to Jesus? Have you been trusting Jesus or have you been trusting lies and bad advice that fill-in-the-blank thing will complete you, will make you happy, will be enough? What lies have you been believing? Some of us believe small things like no one will ever know what we're doing. Some of us believe things that our marriage is too far gone. There are all kinds of different lies that we're believing in this room. Some of us believe that that God could never heal us. Some of us believe, as Kelly said, that we're unlovable. What lies have you been trusting? What lies have you been believing? Do you need to surrender your life to Jesus so that you can know truth as a person and rest in him? Maybe you would say that, that you know Jesus, that you've, you've surrendered your life to him, but you, you look over the last season, the last couple months, and you would say, man, I have been believing a lie. I've, I've been walking with Jesus, but I've been telling myself now that, that this, this new relationship was going to make me happy, was going to completely, completely change everything and make me whole. Maybe you've, you're someone that's been walking with Jesus, but you would just say, Lord, I need to center my life on truth. I need to confess this lie to you. I need to admit that I've been lying to myself and to others. I need you to know that you are truth, you are my center, that I'm surrendered to you and I'm given to you. If you would look over your life today and you would say that you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, we would love to talk to you more about that. We'd love to talk to you about what it means to know the person of Jesus, to know and trust him and start a relationship with him. I'd love for you to just come and visit us in the back at the Next Steps table. If you're someone that would say, I've been believing lies, I've been building my life based on these lies that I've been believing, and I I just need to call them out and, and say what they are and admit what they are. We have a, a prayer area in the back, and we would love to talk with you, to pray with you. There's, there's, there's no judgment back there, but just people who want God's best for you and want to talk to you about how you can have a fulfilling and rich and satisfying relationship with Jesus. And so if you would say, man, I need to talk to someone. I just need to pour my heart out. I need to confess some lies that I've been believing so that I can make my heart and my life in the right spot this week. We would love to talk to you about that. And I want to offer one final thing as as we close up here. There's some verses in Ephesians chapter four, one of my favorite passages in scripture that talks about the body of Christ. It talks about the church. It talks about what we can be for each other. It talks about how we can love each other, how we can encourage each other, how we can push each other to maturity and to seeing a full picture of God when we're working in our gifts and working as a unit and working as a whole. And I, I love this verse Chapter 14 says this, that when we're being the body of Christ, it says we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. I want to take a moment and encourage us in something. You're going to hear us say today that our movement groups are starting. Those are our our small groups, our biblical communities that meet throughout the week in different homes and different groups and demographics and life stages of people. And sometimes I think that people think when we talk about those that I get like a salary bonus if you join a movement group or something. And I'm going to be honest, I don't. But man, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Right? That'd be really cool. Here's the reason that we have movement groups. We have movement groups because we believe in community through community, with community, we overcome the lies of Satan. And sometimes, when all you're hearing is what's going on in your own head, you're in an echo chamber, and you're believing lies, and you're hearing lies, and sometimes you just need someone to step in your life and be like, hey, you, you know that's a lie, right? When I was in fifth grade, I thought I was going to be in the NBA, and one day my friend Brian said, Mark, you know you're not good at basketball, right? And I said... Brian, that is hurtful, but you're, you're right, you're right, right? And so I'm not saying that someone in your, your movement group, a group that you would join is gonna hurt your feelings if you wanna be in the NBA, I believe in you, all right? But, but here's my point, sometimes we need people to just speak the truth to us. We need people to love us when we're going through seasons where relationships are broken up or things are bad with our family or we're between jobs or we've been waiting on this promotion and we don't get it. We need people to, to help us say, you know what? The thing you were walking toward, the thing that was your soundtrack, the thing you were listening to was a lie, and here's the truth. God loves you. God is for you. God sent his son for you. And when you're resting in him, that's when you'll have a rich and satisfying life. And so I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're not in a movement group, if you've been thinking about being in a movement group, if you thought, maybe I'll take a year off from group, or I'm not sure what we're going to do, I want you to know that when you commit to community, you are committing to be washed in, in truth, for people to speak truth into your life, and truth matters. We don't want to be a church. We don't want to be a group of people who's believing bad advice or believing lies. We want to build our lives on truth and on the person of Jesus. And we do that best in community. So my prayer is today that, that maybe you'll think about joining a group. Maybe you'll think about leaning into those lives and understanding their bad advice in community. Maybe you'll, you'll visit the back here and have a chance to talk to someone, to pray with someone and say, Lord, I've been, I've been believing lies and I want to believe you and depend on you as the truth. Let me pray as we continue to worship. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the examples we have in your word. Thank you for the ways that you show us that you are truth and you have sent Jesus to be truth so that we can depend on him, so that we can know him, so that we can have him. God, help us to be a people who, who just look, look to you and look to truth so that we can call out lies, so that we can call out bad advice so that we can lead a rich and satisfying life, Lord, not for the sake of us, but for the sake of resting in your love and glorifying your name. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Movement Church podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We hope wherever you are, this message encourages you to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com.